Sentire Media. You are listening to the Latavola Marche Radio Network. Hello and good morning. Thank you so much for joining us and downloading our little podcast. My name is Jason. Ciao, and I'm Ashley. And together we have a little podcast called The Podcast from Italy. Not a very creative name, I know, but that's... It is to the point. Let me tell you, very searchable. (laughs) (laughs) Today is 20th of January. It is 7.46 in the morning, and it is raining and surprisingly warm. Pouring rain, and it snowed earlier this week, and it is all washed away, but it's supposed to rain all week, and I think this this is good for us. We haven't had much rain this winter. That is, that is not true. We what? went through... You you really just remember what happened the last two weeks. When did we have tons of rain? In December. Um, that's true. <laughs> well, I just mean it's good now in January. Whatever. It's better that it's pouring rain than pouring snow. But yet it's the talk of... Before it snowed, it was the talk of town for like a week. It was hysterical. You'd go in grocery shopping. Oh, que neve en arriba. And, and people were like... Gathering tons of groceries and heading out of town, and it just kind of dusted for out here. I mean, it still snowed, but nothing crazy. No, nothing that bad, but it was, you were right, the talk of the town. So, mm-hmm. just to reset real quick on our little podcast, we talk about our lives here in oh, yes, Yobico, <laughs> they Marque, Italy, Central Italy, and what's going on, and funny things that have happened, and uh, little cultural things that we notice that are different, and just general... General, just a uh, chit-chat. About yeah, life. Yeah, we think it's much more interesting than probably you listening right now do, but here we go nonetheless. <laughs> They're like, why did I download this? Okay. <laughs> this week we went to Sejip, Sejip, and Sejip is a um, convention. What would it like, You'd call it like the fancy food show. No, but the fancy food show was more about food. This was like machines there and was, ovens. I will say there was plenty of samples. There were a ton of samples. It's gelat. It's everything. But you're right. You're right. There was not so much of, like, I've gone to, like, the one, the chocolate show in New York and stuff like where that. Where it's just chocolate. Just chocolate. Just, and just, um, like, artisan makers or just the makers. This had, like, the full-on... Professional. Yep. It was in Rimini, and it's uh, this weekend, and I believe next weekend too, and it's gelato, pasta, pizza, and all uh, equipment to go with them. So it was everything from uh, a lot of industry. Literally everything from flour, the machines to make it, to packaging. Yeah, from packaging to to production to packaging to different products, uh, stabilizers um, for the breads. There was everything under the sun for them. Including sexy models. Yeah, not as (laughs) much as as I thought. However, their costumes had nothing to do with the product. Um, Two women were in like sexy witch kind of outfits. I was not sure. With, with like little with, half shirts. With like t- like eight inch stiletto heels. Yeah. That, it was totally random. Then the other two chicks who were walking around who were awesome, who I overheard, um, they were wearing like... Uh, like, I don't know, some sort of skin tight outfit, but with um, a belt that you would put like gut shotgun shells in. <laughs> what is that called? Like a, um, yeah, like, I don't know like what it's called. Like an ammo belt or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
it was the hunters all the hunters yeah, all yeah and then you'd be carry like a dozen ra- like a ra- whole you know dozen shotgun shells and they were empty but they were walking around and it was so weird of course high heels you know unzipped down to the you know major cleavage and as we were walking up to him i heard an italian man stop one of the women and just say i just wanted to compliment you on your beautiful outfit for today and costume it and it was just like oh my god of course he's complimenting but there wasn't quite as much uh, uh no and we're talking about the like the the like people like in front of the big giant you know 100 gallon bread dough mixer thing yeah it was- <laughs> 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 or like or like the refrigerator i think it was like yeah an oven or a refrigerator, a refrigerator or maybe a deck <laughs> oven like a giant deck oven but there wasn't as much of that stuff as i thought lots of samples lots of samples it was packed lots of business going down yeah a lot of people at little tables a lot of um, people set up a lot of like a schmoozing a lot of wine and um little bread samples like nice little plates app at little apps and stuff to try and yeah. um a lot of paperwork a lot of uh signatures and stamps going on I uh guess. just like at the um car show you you can walk around and fill it with all the swag the sh- yeah you, you walk out with a swag bag yeah um, yeah so that was great and we must thank antonio um of maki gelateria maki and fano our good friends um, and he hooked us up with tickets to that, and we spent uh, the the morning with him. And it was hysterical because Jason and Antonio, like, I'm all about the food, but the equipment, the only one that got my blood racing was the, was the Parmesan cheese grinder, because I hate, that is one of the jobs, grater, uh, grater, sorry, that I hate doing so much all summer long. It's so hot, and you're just sitting there grating cheese off a huge wedge. It's like, oh, can we please get one of those sweet, what are they? It's a grinder. It's got. It's a big, huge motor. It's all in stainless steel, and it's got a little mount, like a uh, opening that you lift up the handle and push it down. It's legit. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they're like three, four hundred bucks. Yeah. So they're I was nice. thought, I thought, oh, that's cool. But otherwise, I was more about like the samples and taking pictures. Jason and Antonio would look at things like, um, <laughs> like as if they were looking at cars, like Ferraris, stand and they, mixer, stand mixers, standing mixers, and then the food processors. You guys both were like jaw dropped <laughs> up against the wall, checking it out, and you were like, "Do you even know what this is?" <laughs> You're like, this oh, is- the Robo Coupe, the, the Robo Coupes. <laughs> but you guys, it like stopped you both in your tracks. It was so funny to see. <laughs> well, it was it was very fun. Uh, so I just was thinking it was good you had Antonio to go with because yeah, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have cared as much. Or given me, or let me, or not bust my chops of let's go, let's go. Exactly. You really need to look at the $28,000 stand mixer you'll oh, never buy. Oh my god, it's that much money. Those big huge ones? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're like cars. I was going to say, that's like three times the price of our car. <laughs> um, but we saw a lot of great stuff, all of which I have no room for or budget for, but... <laughs> No. It's still fun. It's still fun. I like it. <laughs> it was. That was a good time. Uh, we also shot our first uh, video this last week. We went to. I, I got to make my sausages with Gaji and Victoria this time. If you remember from the last podcast, Jason was hoodwinked and bamboozled. Bamboozled. <laughs> and and Gaji was even talking about it later. He's such a shit. He was like, "Yeah, uh, I sent my opera, <laughs> my worker." <laughs> I 
couldn't do it, so I sent my worker to go make the salamis for me. Um, so we went down uh, to Marota and did that and made a little video about it. For our first video, I think Ashley did very, very well. Thank you. Um, kind of a couple things that were kind of funny. Ashley is not... I'm more into... <laughs> I have no creative eye, so I don't know how to set up the shot or have any idea in my... Hu- uh, mind how it should flow. I know how to work the machine. I like that part. I yeah. like the 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 physical mechanics of how to work this camera and get it to do what you want it to do. Uh, Ashley, the opposite. Ashley, <laughs> I literally turned the camera on, hit record, and started hit record, going. And I was like, "This is gonna be awesome." And it's like, Ashley, did you set it? Did you set it into the mode for movie? I I don't know. What? I don't know. I said no. Oh my god, no! I just hit record and he was like you have to set it up and i was just like oh my gosh but yes but, that uh, is a difference it is so we we're gonna get into that and i think we're gonna it's it's time consuming my god that a minute 48 how two minutes and like 12 seconds okay. took like three days but i had to like teach myself how to use final cut pro and and so do f- a bunch of stuff too but so the first one's always the hardest, I think. We're going to do another sausage-making video because um, you're going to do it um, next week at, with um, our friend Teresa and Chris, and I thought, well, we'll shoot it a different way this time instead of um, with just the music laying over and the story of the two old men, I thought maybe we'll do it a bit more instructional and have the details of how much salt you use because that was a big question we got for sure. And it's um, 3% salt for the sausages and 3.5% for the salami. And we don't use any... Saltpeter, pink salt, any of that preservative garbage, nothing. It is pork ground pork shoulder, a little white wine with some garlic cloves that were soaked in it, and salt, pepper, done. And um, it's hysterical because these two guys, Vittorio and Gaggi, they bicker the whole time about stuff. And whether it's the grind of the pepper or how many kilos they bought and they have to do the math and how much money is owed at the end, like... 50 times. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> every time we go to we go to do sausages with these guys, at the very end, they sit down, They everyone pulls all the receipts from the stuff that they bought, because everyone bought, you know, you buy it all, but and then you, you bring, s- the, you you bring, bring the receipts. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if Gaggi bought the meat, and Vittorio bought the casings, and the pepper, and the bola, you throw all your receipts together, you add up what we spent, and, and then we divide it all by how many kilos. You figure out how much it costs per kilo. Well, yada, yada, yada. And, and God forbid we try to throw Vittorio extra yeah, money. God forbid we try to slip him an extra 20 bucks and say, hey, you know, we came over and the lights, the, the power just and your time. time and just a, like a little thank you, a little tip on top of it. Tip of the hat. And very offensive. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, every time we do this, it is a 45-minute freaking process. You'd think it'd be easy. Hey, we spent, you know... 200 euro. We made 20 kilos of salami, sausage and salami. It cost 10 euro a kilo. I got 30 of them. Here's 300 euro. You know, it should be very, very straightforward. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, it's no. It's like rechecking the math. Gaji goes, <laughs> oh, he, it's just hysterical. It goes on and on. It does. I, and I, it I, happens every single time. It's part of the 
sausage making process is oh sitting down at the end and going over the receipts ten times. And how many kilos of the sausages did you get? And like then you have to like and then right. And then it's like no 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 Jason you paid three euro too much and it's like I don't care just I, I don't care. But about it's it. always like right when you think you've got the number they start the whole math back over again. <laughs> <laughs> the part that kills me. Okay, so you did you got uh, ten kilos of this and three kilos of that. Okay okay okay. It's just oh my god. It's great it's classic. But I love doing it. I love spending time with those guys and it's always a fun long day but you come home with tons of salami and sausages and a little bit of knowledge and a great video so so oh go ahead no i was just gonna say bravo to ashley i think oh. your videos if that is your first one then i hope they get they they will get better as we go thank you thank you it was fun it was fun i'm excited i was gonna say can we get a count of how many kilos of meat are hanging from the rafters right now oh uh, let's see gaji took 40 and then i made 40 oh no gaji so we have 70 kilos right now and nice. we're probably gonna do we're gonna do another 34 Teresa, and then uh, we'll probably do 15 or so for Luke and Carolina, and then I want another <laughs> 20. Nice. The number one question we get, besides the salt, is do we ship to the U.S., <laughs> or do we ship our salamis and sausages? Unfortunately, due to regulations, we do not. You have to come and... You have to come and have them. I don't make enough to really sell it. I just do it for a hobby, and to serve it is like for the agriturismo. Yeah, or to give them as gifts. And yeah, things. if you're lucky enough, if I like yeah. you. Yes, you'll yes. Get a, you'll Play get your a, cards right. You'll get a package of salami and sausage before you leave. <laughs> but um, little, uh, I don't want to get into selling salami and sausage. No, Because then no. it's like a... It takes the fun out of it. Totally. I'd, I'd much rather just give it away. Well, and the next batch we make is the fun batch. Well, yeah, because we can make it now. Now we're going to do it on our own without um, the, <laughs> without the guys. So we'll do the some. Fear, the fear. We'll do some fennel sa- sausages. We'll do some spicy ones. Um, I really want to try finocchiona, which is um, a fennel salami, but um, it's more fatty. It's it's more Tuscan. What we did fennel sauce. Salami last year, didn't we? Yeah, but that was just throwing fennel seed in the normal mix that I made. Which was nice because it wasn't overbearing, but it was not the fiocchiona. It's not fiocchiona. Fiocchiona is a much, much yeah. bigger salami in diameter, and um, it's much fattier. It's, it's, it's one of those poor people, peasant, you know, you get all the scrappy bits and you add the fennel because you have to mask the taste. Well, this year you are getting deep in your meat because you've done it already a couple times, you're doing it again, and then we've been invited to Carlo and Gigi's, the friends of ours with the organic pig farm outside of Urbino. With the Chinta Sinesa. Yes, and they want to kill a pig together and um, teach Jason how they slaughter and make salamis because they have a different recipe because he is originally from the Emilia-Romagna area. Yes, so I think they, they use, use red, red wine. wine instead of the white wine that uh-huh. we use, and I'm sure there's a few other little things that he does. He also puts less salt in his mix um, because he thinks you don't need as much. Um, he also has highly regulated refrigeration. Yeah, his like ref- he- yeah he has a full setup, a really um, a space made just for curing meat, so he doesn't have to. I don't worry about the window being open. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> all I have is a room with a window open, so the air, the cool air 
passes through. He has a real refrigeration, and he can he knows exactly how much humidity in the room and the temperature, and he changes. You know, he tries to mimic the 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 day. So at night, the refrigeration will make it colder, and during the day, it'll be a little bit warmer to try to. That is so cool. Basically, mimic what I'm doing, but he can control it. So if we get a heat wave, a heat wave. If it's warmer, <laughs> that's bad for my salamis because that'll make, that'll um, promote the growth of the wrong type of mold and bacteria. Well, it'll be fun to learn how to make some of the lard products with him, too. And he makes a lot of the lard stuff, which is awesome. Mm-hmm, I really like that mm-hmm. stuff. I'm the, excited. The cured lard and the, the uh, lard with the herbs on top that you slice and put over the warm bread. It's called Pisata. It's not Pisata. Um, um, it's it's um, it, but it's like that. That's something that they make up north mm-hmm. where they grind all the vegetables that is together. so good. And you just lay, you get some like crustini, some nice toast, and you just, like it was butter, just butter your butter that bread with lard and herbs and it just melts in and it is so Yeah, it's good. it's a lard that they grind up with some vegetables and some herbs. And, then and they, they press it. They press, press it, it and they put it into a certain type of... Like a marble. Uh, that's a different one. You're oh. talking about the one where they put a layer of fat and then a layer of herbs and a layer of fat. Yeah. This is one where there's actual veggies in there. Oh. You know yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, we had it at that slow food thing. Yeah, there's like ground carrot and maybe some other herb. Onion, I don't, or onion. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure. Whatever, it's good. Like I said, this podcast is lots on talking, short on information. <laughs> if you're looking for the exact name of anything, I'd turn my <laughs> dial elsewhere. <laughs> But, uh, funny, another funny story, um, yesterday we went grocery shopping on our way home from, uh, the convention, and it was the first time since Ashley's been in the grocery store in Urbania, not even Piolico, uh, the next town over, and they're still talking about her big bingo win. (laughs) We go to check out. And no, in fact, I'd been to that grocery store before. I just hadn't seen Antonella. Okay. And uh, the woman at the checkout. And she was hysterical because she's like, Kekula, what luck. And giving me like the whole uh, shakedown of winning bingo. And then next time she wants, next year she wants to sit at my table. And She was one away. She was one yeah, number away. Well, she only had one number and I oh, had one. Okay. And she was like, oh my God. But she, it was hysterical. And I was just cracking up because it just, I love the small town. I do. I think it's hysterical. And the grocery store is always a crack up, whether it's that or, you know, talking about the bingo win or, like, when we first got here, how you couldn't... Well, you sometimes you can't touch the produce, period, at some of the grocery the stores. The smaller ones, yeah. And, like, the, the, the fruit, fruit of Adora. Yeah. But how they would, like, quiz you. What are you going to do with this onion? What are you going to make with this? And are you making a soup? Are you making a sugo? Oh, no, then you don't get this. Like, Antonio and Paolo were telling us this hysterical story of going to get fish because we went to their house for dinner a few weeks ago. And they were saying how, um, and Antonio did it hysterical. Well, Antonio, they, he's going, he's Fanese, so he, he's from Fano, so he knows where to go buy the fish straight off the boat. And, uh, and goes, his wife's from Milan. His wife's from Milan. So when he went there, um, <laughs> I guess the guy was asking him, well, what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with all the fish from these fish you're buying? He says, I'm making a brodetto. And the guy is like, okay. Looks how do you- at them, and nobody goes, looks at him and goes, which one? Are you? He looks at them and he goes, which one of you is making this soup? Who, who? And he goes, I am. He goes, oh, okay, 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 then I tell you. And how are you going to make this soup? <laughs> And I'm sure Antonio d- does up the, the Fano dialect real strong. He does. It's hysterical. 
so it's great to hear that even Italians get quizzed on uh, what they're going to make or who's making it in the family. And Antonio does a really good um, impressionation of an Italian fisherman from Fano. <laughs> he t- he, I can't do it justice. I'm no, I know. But one of these days when we see him, we'll have to bring the little recorder and have him do the impersonation of a yes. of an Italian fisherman. It's great. Um, it just cracks me up, though. I, I love it. Um, also going on today, the 20th of January, is the, uh, is, today's Saint's Day is Santo Antonio Abate. Why and is that special? That is a very special day because it is when you can bring your animals to be blessed in town. And so in Piobico, it is pouring rain, but people will bring cows and sheep and horses and birds and Snakes dogs. And chickens. Anything. anything. <laughs> to be blessed in the, um, the village square. And this is not just in Piobico today. This is all over Italy. This is what you do. Today is the day you bring your animals, and it's great. It's really, really uh, hysterical, <laughs> actually, to see. And the priest gets up there with the big megaphone and, and stands on a ladder and blesses all mm-hmm. the animals. And uh, The mayor rides in on horseback. It's great. So if you find yourself in Italy on the 20th of January, it's... Um, this Sunday. Yeah, today. Well, if you're in today, but next year, January, in the late January, um, check out this this uh, festival day and check go to church in the morning that day because it's it's hysterical. It is. It is. Well, because when do you see that? And yeah, how never. do you how do you bring some of these animals in? I don't know. I just think it's a crack up. It is a crack up. Uh, last week, last week we went and saw Marco, uh, from Marco's Way. If you've been to our place, you've undoubtedly heard about, uh, Marco from Ostra, uh, and he does wine tours and, um, gastronomic tours throughout the Marque, but he invited us to his house and we had lunch with him and his parents and, um, took a beautiful, beautiful little, um, tour of Ostra Antica, the antique part of Ostra. Yeah, we met with... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. First tell how far is Ostra from our place? You say it. I'm not sure you drove. Um, Ostra is... Yeah, it's about 20? an hour, ten, hour, depending on how fast you drive south, door to door. And, um, you get off at the Senegalia exit and then you go inland from the coast. It's so pretty. The, the hills are softly rolling and you see a top, um... The villages are up atop the hills, and it's it's so nice. It really is. And Ostra, um, we went and met with a gentleman named Mario. <laughs> he cracked me up because Marco, like us, hangs out with, like, 60-year-olds. <laughs> Actually, this guy was, like, 86. 86. And... And he's a Favignam or woodworker. Yes, and his father was as well. And he lives in this, like, old palace, actually. And he, we went to meet them and knocked on the door. And his wife, who was no taller than four foot, she answers and is like, come in! Yeah, we're like, is Marco home? (laughs) Or or Mario here. Mario, I'm sorry. She said, he's not ready yet. Come in! And we said, no, no, we'll wait outside. She said, well, you came early, so come in! And she forced us into this, like, sitting room, which was, like... A time machine. It was incredible. It was like you took a step back into 1968. (laughs) And all of the furniture, the couches, they were all in pristine condition. It was... Even the little things on his desk was like something out of the 60s. Um, It was incredible. And he came in, and uh, he still has a full head of white hair, a great smile, not a ton of teeth. And he had a... From like that circa... 1969, 72, 
turtleneck sweater that was awesome. He was it great. just fit. And uh, great smile. Great smile. And for some reason immediately upon hearing we had come from New York, he started pulling out mail from like the late sixties. I swear to God. He opened the drawer. <laughs> All the drawers of his desk and in his study are organized perfectly. He opens a drawer and it's you know <laughs> It's like the the stapler and the tape and the everything has its spot. He pulls open the bottom drawer and he pulls out the stack of mail from literally it's postmark Washington DC nineteen sixty five. The envelopes are still crisp. The it's, there's no yellowing, there's no crinkles. It was, it was like these were right on hand as if he knew we were coming, but he had no idea. And that especially that we lived in New York and we had no clue where this was headed. He starts handing us this mail. We're like, Oh yes, mail from America. Congratulations. So he had a brother that moved a family member that moved in the sixties to America and then had children and then they lost contact. And he wanted to know if we could find this family that lives in America. If we knew He pulled out a picture of three little kids. He's like, you know what? Do you know any of them? And we're like, what? No. And then he, he wanted us to start looking on Facebook. No, well, or he, no, he, he didn't, didn't know, know Facebook, Facebook. But he said, how could we find them? And we were like, we could look on Facebook. And he starts giving us these names to search. And then we said... Okay, we don't see them on there. Oh, well, all of them would be dead. It would be their children. And we're just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, well, I'm, first I'm like, on. how old are these people that we're looking at? <laughs> yeah. He's like, late 70s, they must or, be. Or, or, they know, might. Or, or they're dead. And then he starts talking about how they had invited them to come and that, that this family was always welcome. And we never heard from them again. And it was so the sad. The children. It was the, it his was niece. the children. And... Uh, we had no clue where this was headed or why Marco brought us there at this point. But Mar- Marco's so great, he writes down all their names and where the, he thinks, uh, where Mario thinks they lived, and I'm sure Marco, we did a quick search off his phone, but I'm sure Marco went home and searched, but he was, this, Mario was so sweet, he's, he, he really wanted, he's like, he was very concerned after all these years that he never heard from his family. So after that, we put on our coats and walked over to his woodworking shop, which was... Right next door. Yeah, I guess you're right. I made it sound like we took a walk <laughs> the next door. <laughs> and um, in there, he has a full-on woodworking shop. Beautiful, like... It's got the smell. I love the smell of sawdust and, like... Um, and workshop. Workshop, a little wet, like, wet woody smell. Um, it was the stone of the building. It was the age, you know, how old this old building was. It was the sawdust on the floor. It was the workman. His shop is a great size. He has real professional machinery that looks brand new, even though it has the look... Like, it looks it's from the 60s, 70s, but it... Is in it's in pristine. pristine condition. Like, you, you it was incredible. And yeah, nothing's state of the art. No, no, no. But it's all... Works. Works. And it's all in beautiful, beautiful condition. Then he leads us into his little antique museum. Actually, this museum is not hysterical. little. No, and he was so cute because he has a sign on the door. That, it's like this old garage workshop area. And there's this little sign that says Museo. And he points to it and smiles at me and, like, winks. And he opens the door and we walk up. And we're still like, okay, where's this museum? And he turns on the lights. And again, another step back in time. There's old rotary phones, eight tracks players, these bizarre trinkets. And... Mm-hmm. Like things, well, that first room. Yep, the first room has really household things from the 
50s and 40s and 20s. Um, then great photos. Great, um, oh incredible photos God. of Ostra. Uh, the next room was my favorite room, and it was yes. all the uh, tools from... He went back far. He went back to the 1800s, and these different tools for woodworking, and these keys, and all these... Um, Medical medical equipment from the turn of the century, um, farm tools yep. from the fir- turn of the century, machinery that um, like things with gears and things that with cranks that all. The great part about this museum is he wanted you to touch it all. It's not like you have like, to. Oh my! God. It's not like you have to keep your hands in your pockets. It's <laughs> oh yeah, check this out. This is what this does. He starts cranking it. Uh, this one thing that took the um, kernels off the corn of the cob. Uh, <laughs> Everything is in total working order. It's all clean. It is incredible. Your grandpa would love it. Oh my gosh, we just kept thinking, yeah, my grandpa could turn his pole barn into one of these if he had the this, patience. Yes, this place was not the Shitsonia. No, no, it wasn't. That's my fa- <laughs> grandpa. We call her grandpa's barn the Shitsonium because... It's full of shit. It's just full of shit. But, but it's you, like a museum. There's yeah. everything from, uh, like, antique... Um, uh, dentist chairs to pickles from pre-Elvis pickles to Jason is convinced there's a yeah, airplane. There's, there's airplane parts in there. You see a wing sticking up over here. There's a, a Range Rover from the, what, 50s? Yeah, like an antique display case from like an old Anyway, we, we digress. We totally digress. But Mario's, on the other hand, was organized, labeled, gorgeous in... Um, you know, it, he made cabinetry for it and the keys in there. And he tells you, yeah, open it, touch it, look at it. It's it's great. And I think he really likes to see people come and enjoy his museum. It was cool. I will definitely recommend that to people going to Ostra or to visit Ostra to check it out for sure. And then we had a coffee with him after and we talked about the next generation of Italians and all of that. And he took us to see his... Nativity scene that he made. He made a, a nativity scene out of wood that is incredible with all the townspeople in miniature and um, <laughs> even political figures. Like he had this whole joke about Berlusconi and and it was hysterical. It was so cool. And he just whittles them away and makes different figurines. It all started, of course, with like the initial nativity scene with Jesus and Mary and Joseph and the animals, and then it just grew every year. And now he leaves it up in his like display in town. In his shop. He has a, or not a shop, I'm sorry, in his store. He has a little storefront where he has some pieces of furniture and some crests that he makes. He's really into inlaying different types of wood together very, very intricately, which I found absolutely incredible. And he, you look at this thing and you, he's, he'd ask you, do you think it's a painting? And you say, <laughs> I don't know. He goes, no, it's all wood. And he inlays very intricate, intricate very uh, different types of wood and all these different colors to make these crests and it, it's absolutely incredible. He's it's truly, a, he's truly a artist with wood. It's crazy. Well, and that was then the other thing. He has no apprentice. Like he was joking. He was telling the story that one of his uh, grandchildren, grandchildren or nieces is a little kid, but he said, would you be interested in learning how to work with wood? And they said, yeah. And it, they, he gave him a project to work on, and um, what was it? Five minutes later, they were like bouncing off the wall and totally done with it. So he said, when he dies, so does his whole practice. 
his whole... I don't know if it's a practice. Well, like, not his whole practice, but, like, in town. No one else is going to be no. doing this. He not restores... Oh! Um, tell him about the 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 um, heist that happened in Ostra. Oh, my God. There was a lot. We sp- I forgot about this. We spent 20 minutes talking about... The, you showed us the newspaper clippings. Someone... There was an inside job at the um, Comune. Was it the Comune? Yeah. In, in Ostra, the, the, the uh, town hall. Someone stole, like, 12 or 14 paintings in the middle of the night and... In, like, two and a half minutes or something ridiculous and, uh, and then, yeah everyone it's the top well it's Ostra there's 2,000 people so it was it is the talk of the town and uh, it's got to be an inside job it's got to be an inside they, job they were talking about how there was only one alarm and it's only by this one door and there's no cameras and and how they moved this armoire across the room that no two people could ever move and they, he was just like they were too prepared and it was he was he was upset about it well because he had done all of the frames Oh. He had been the frame maker for a bunch of those paintings. So that's why he said he was going to start making the frames again. But it was just really interesting. And, whoa, what a James Bond twist. Yeah, I know. The art heist I in know. small town. I know. Um, the, after we uh, uh, we had coffee with Mario, that was great. He uh, We left Mario. And then after went to... Um, the theater. Ostra has a beautiful th- little theater. Think... Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, like the theater at the end of Inglorious Bastards, except a third of the size. A third of the size and almost fairy tale, like fable. Like the the boxes, there was more boxes, box seating, double decker box seating than there really was even floor seating. And it was so beautiful. I, w- I didn't have my camera and. Oh, I don't know. We'll go back and take pictures. Yes, it was just so sweet. And it's so sad because no one uses this place. And they said that, I asked if like the theater departments at school use it. And they said, not really. And even when they do have concerts, it's half empty. And, oh, it's just so sad because as a theater for like a performance, it is so sweet and whimsical. As a place to watch a movie because they, and they talked about they used to do propaganda films there during World War II. Yeah, they took the chandelier down and they showed where they attached like the um, pulleys to put the big uh, Nazi, mm-hmm. the big Nazi banners in it, and you could close your eyes and you could, see, oh my you gosh, could see it. I know it was cool. It was cool. So, moral of the story is: if you have, if you're here, go to Ostra, check out Ostra, Ostra Antica. Ashley will do a O S T R A. Ashley will do a blog post about it, and it's a really great little, another beautiful little Marcagiani hilltop town. Mm-hmm. All right, so to wrap up... Wait, wait, actually, not to wrap it up yet. Speaking of those cute towns, when we were in, and just thinking of World War II stuff, when we were in uh, Monte Maggiore having dinner with Paolo and Antonio, their village is famous. Oh, yeah, talk about the the Lina di Gotica. You. I'm not not as schooled in the World War II. So anyway, there was supposedly some line... through central Italy, an imaginary line that they called the Gothic line was where the Nazis were going to, as they were being pushed up north by the uh, Americans, they were going to hold their ground at this line. And it really went from, like, Sfano, right? I'm not sure. Or south of Fano. It went, anyway, right through um, the Metauro Valley. Is that right? I'm not sure. <laughs> Right through <laughs> again, again, lots lo- of talking, lots of talking, a little on on the. Particulars. We didn't Wikipedia this story. We just thought I just thought I'd bring it up. 
if you're interested, Google the go- the Gothic line during World War II. We're not exactly sure where it was, but what makes this well, we definitely know it was in Monte on Monte Maggiore. Yes, because Churchill came to Monte Maggiore, and um, there was a big to do there. We have to ask Antonio again, or have him tell the story. Have him on the tell podcast. the tell the story, or Google it, or get our fact, get our shit together. I guess. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. Uh, <laughs> Um, all right, we're gonna wrap, we're gonna start wrapping this guy up. We're gonna come back to the word of the week. We haven't done a word in the week in a lot in a long time. I don't want to commit to it every week, but we've got one this week. We do have this one, <laughs> and it's it's really uh, more a little bit of a word thing and a little bit of a cultural thing. So here in Italy, when you answer the phone, let's pretend. Okay, ring ring, pronto. Ah, pronto. Ashley's saying, "I'm ready." Pronto, which is really interesting. Why wouldn't you pick up the phone and say ciao or hello? And there's a very simple explanation. I love it. I was curious. Why do you say pronto? Because it goes back to the switchboard days. So you would say pronto means ready. So you would it would be when you would be connect me to lines. So and so, twenty two, let's go. And then you'd go to connect the lines, and you'd say ready. Because your line is ready to be connected. And so still today, pronto. I think we talked about this maybe on one of the very early podcasts, but... Something, it came up the other day. Yeah, and I was just thinking about it again, going, pronto. So that might be something you come across when you call to make a reservation at a hotel or something. Uh, Is that way you don't freeze up if you're expecting to hear chow. (laughs) (laughs) And you think, oh no, I wasn't prepared for pronto. (laughs) All right, that's going to do it. We're 36 minutes in. That's enough of us rambling on. I got stuff to do today. Yep. What are your plans for today? Oh, what, um, eradication of the black mold from last uh, podcast. Yes, it was gross. I'm not going to lie. Ashley is physically scarred, and she. Ex- <laughs> I had to do. I washed every piece of laundry. Okay, basically. you washed all the laundry, but I'm the one that went in there with the bleach water and sprayed, so I'm the one who shaved several years off my life. I also was scrubbing the walls. Let's not forget. Anyway. Whatever. It was gross. Bleach, um, a solution of one part bleach to four parts water. Let it soak. Scrub it down with soapy water and then... Do it again. Do it again and your your black mold is gone. Uh, so that's... Uh, today we're going to be putting back the clothes. I am <laughs> going to be um, getting the kitchen prepared for people to come because we're going to have... Our uh, friends from down south come stay with us here at the end of the week. And In the winter, we... We're not as diligent as cleaning up after ourselves as we are during the season, so... We let it ride. Yeah, we kind of let it ride. I mean, I can't... I mean, it's not a pigsty, but it's just like, I don't vacuum the kitchen every day. There's... The, you know, the, or take out the garbage every day. Yeah, there's you know the cobweb in the corner. I really don't care because about. Because also we are only in the kitchen to make coffee and do a few things. But it's good that we have some friends coming, so it gets us back in gear. It does get us back in gears because before you know it, it'll be time to start opening up uh, apartments and getting them together. And before you know, it's going to be time to start having guests, like you said. Oh, P.S. We've just put together a new package for this year that um, will be really cool that we're going to do on Fridays of going to the market to visit Fushiani's for meat and cheese, going to have a beer tasting at Colesi, and to go have lunch at the Hunter's Hideaway in a pack. So there'll be more details about that to come, but look forward to that um, Fridays, this spring and summer. And if you're interested in any of that or any of our blog posts or videos or recipes, please visit us at www.latavolamarque.com, and that's L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A. 
M-A-R-C-H-E dot com. Latavolamarque. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Latavolamarque at... No. Twitter. Yeah. Slash at... at yeah, sorry. I'm, what are Jason you I love to tweet. Are you kidding Jason. me? Jason. <laughs> He's a tweeter. I'm a tweeter. Um, you can, I'm hungry. Okay. You can find us on <laughs> Facebook. Uh, just just search Latavolamarque. Send us your questions or comments or suggestions or feedback at info at com. Thank you very much for downloading our podcast for this week. Oh, yeah, and check out our video on YouTube or Vimeo. Yep, and leave your comments. We'd love to hear back from you guys. Uh, feedback is is wonderful, and it lets us know that there's actually someone out there listening. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a wonderful Sunday and an even better week, and we will talk to you whenever we feel like sitting down and making a podcast. Ciao. Thank you so much. Ciao, ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.